Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome back to Off the Shelf here on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Pete Sox, a Catholic book blogger. And this week, we're doing something a little different. We're talking with a good friend of mine, Raymond Arroyo, who is back with us again. Welcome back, Raymond. Hey, Pete. Delighted to be back with you. So we have a, a little mission you're setting on here at this time of the year, and uh, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about this book that you have. Uh, it's a Christmas book, The Spider Who Saved Christmas. So can you give us a little overview of what that book's all about? Well, you know, when I was traveling in Eastern Europe, many, many, I'm going back maybe 20 years, I noticed they had Christmas trees and they were decked out with tinsel, but in the boughs of the tree, there were little spider ornaments. And I have to confess at the time, I didn't know why the spiders were in the tree, but they were everywhere, everywhere, every business I went to, every private home. They had these little spiders all in the in the branches of the tree. Well, I thought it might be a local tradition or a holdover from Halloween. What did I know? And I kind mm -hmm. of filed it away. Years later, I find in a Bible commentary, I was researching one of my Will Wilder books, and in the footnote, there was just a tiny, maybe two sentences, and all it said is, there is a legend that Mary, Jesus, and Joseph, on the flight to Egypt, hide in a cave, and while there, they are done a service by a spider, and that's all it said. That's all it said. There was this old legend. So I tracked the legend down. I had never heard of this story, I have to admit. Um, but turns out this story, and I call it the spider who saved Christmas in my retelling of it, mm -hmm. um, it, it turns out this legend is the reason we have tinsel and where the tradition of tinsel originated. I thought it was to replicate icicles on tree branches. That's not the case. It actually is, and the reason it's stringy, like a spider's web, is an homage to this story. So we kept the remnant and the homage to the story, but somewhere along the way lost the story. So <laughs> this is a neat way, I think, to connect the dots for children. Um, it, and it focuses family, I think, on the central mystery of the season, which is mm -hmm. the coming of God as man and the wonder of that, the miracle of that. And how, you know, this is a family on the run in my story. I mean, they're they're running for their lives. Herod's soldiers are chasing the Christ child. 
and they hide in this cave. And the point is, even in darkness, even when you feel all is lost and there's nothing else to give and nowhere to turn, God is watching and he will send his grace and even his miracles, sometimes through unlikely vehicles. And that's really what this story is about mm-hmm. and how every gift is precious in God's eyes, particularly if you give it to him. So maybe a little insider baseball here. So you've written yes. books for adults and um, you've written numerous volumes of Mother Angelica. We're all we're all blessed to have been able to that you provide us with to give us kind of an inside look at mother's life. You've mm-hmm. written the Will Wilder series for preteens, teens, and frankly, adults can enjoy them as well. And now yes. you have this children's book and another one, The Thief Who Stole Heaven. What is the difference in writing to those different um, age groups? Well, I'll tell you, it's much harder to write for children. I'll be very <laughs> honest with you. And younger audiences, I call these Pete, though, and as I the older I get, the more refined my notion of what I'm doing here is. And I see these as family reads. All these books are family reads, and particularly the picture books. And the reason I wanted to tell them through a picture book is so multiple generations could gather around it together. It's not a big commitment, yet they can share the experience. It's moving. It has a moral. And it, it gives them something to experience together. And what I love about children's literature and, again, family reads is that it really operates on two levels, and it's why it's so hard to write it. This is not a board book where I'm writing for a toddler or Mm -hmm. or a four-year-old. They're actually very adult uh, subtexts and uh, currents moving beneath and around this story. Adults will pick those out. Children are following the main story, the thriller in the foreground, and that's for all of these books. I'm I'm working on on another group of books now, and it's the same thing. uh, so you, you you almost have to write them twice because you're writing them for the child today and the child in many years, the child mm. to come. Um, and so I, I, I've been so touched and gratified that families have made The Spider Who Saved Christmas part of their tradition as a family, which is so beautiful. I mean, the letters I get are just unbelievably pretty and, and, and heartfelt. Um, But more than that, that they're experiencing it together and um, sharing their experiences of this, the central meaning of Christmas and their personal memories and experiences. And if a story opens that up, that treasury of stories, personal stories, then I've more than accomplished my Mm -hmm. mission. So you're currently embarking on a book tour right now to to talk about this book and with an underlying mission of trying to deliver the true meaning of Christmas. Why is this important to you, and what is your goal? Well, I couldn't do it last year. I wanted desperately to go on a book tour last year. And, you know, this book was on the New York Times list for five weeks. I I imagine it will return this year. Um, And and, uh, the audience wanted it, and I couldn't go and bring it to them personally. So really as a gift to me, as well as my trying to excite people and, and draw them to the story, it's a gift to me to go out and see my broadcast family, my my literary family, and spend time with them. We we started in Tampa, Florida last weekend, and I'm visiting seven cities in all, I think. And um, it was a wonder. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people came out. They brought the kids. I had young and old. It was uh, really a beautiful, fun night. So and so I'm going all around the country. I'm in uh, Mesa, Arizona this week. I'm in. Houston and Dallas. Uh, I'm at the St. Nicholas uh, event in Dallas, and uh, then I'm in New Orleans. 
the villages in Florida. So I'm really all over the country. And uh, it's exciting. It's great. It's a, you know, Christmas sort of crept up on us this year. It's very, mm-hmm. it's come very quickly. Um, and you feel it, you know, moving for some reason faster this year. Mm-hmm. I think people want it, want Christmas a little earlier. Um, so it, it's a delight to be able to tell a fun story, an engaging story, a scary story in some ways, mm-hmm. because it is a scary story. I mean, it's a, um, it's, it, it, it it considers the shadow of Christmas that a lot of people forget about. But right. with the coming of the Christ child, darkness rises as well and tries to put him down. And I had someone tell me the other day, you know, well, where do you think this war on Christmas started? I said, well, <laughs> the war on Christmas started when Herod said, guards, go kill all the children. I mean, that's when it started. <laughs> yeah. Worldly powers threatened by the power of God, even coming in a defenseless baby. Um they were threatened, and so they use what they have within reach to um, spread their menace. The good news here, the glory of the story here, is despite those efforts, they are they are trounced and foiled in unlikely ways with you know miraculous dreams and um, families moving in the night and people opening their hearts, and in the case of my story the service of a tiny little insignificant spider. So touching upon that uh, war on Christmas um, question that another person raised you, what do you think are some of the reasons why society has sort of conveniently chosen to ignore the true meaning of Christmas? I mean, I've seen it in in my lifetime. I'm 47 Mm -hmm. and I've seen it um, in my 47 years on this planet. Uh, We know that it's happened, you know, through the centuries, but you know, as a 47-year-old, I can tell you that it seems different to me now than when it did, you know, 20 years ago. Right. Well, you know, there's that old Frank Sinatra song. I'm a huge Sinatra fan. And there's a there's a, a kind of bittersweet. My wife always says, please don't put the Sinatra Christmas album on because it's, <laughs> it's very depressing, I have to admit. And there's a song in it called Whatever Happened to Christmas. And it's all about how the Christmas... Christmas, as this guy remembers, have all faded, you know, and and, and look, part of that is getting older. Um, But I think in our day and age, the secularity has overtaken Christmas. And part of the reason I wanted to write a Christmas tale that focused attention on, again, through the delightful kind of wondrous eye of a spider and using that as a vehicle into the what I consider the main story. um, It's a way to focus us on Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, and the coming of God, and how he works in mysterious and unconventional ways, um, despite all the forces arrayed against him and us. Because the the real meaning of Christmas, the reason we have lights and tinsel, and that's the other thing I wanted to remind children, we don't we don't have this stuff because it, it, it it's at the end of the year. We have it to commemorate and mark the coming of God and his presence among us. And that 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 light, that little flickering light in this world of darkness, that is Christmas. And we have to tend that, all of us, in our own way, in our own families and traditions, in our communities. And um, that's what I love. You know, you told me you were involved in this St. Nicholas uh, event in, in Dallas. It is those community activities that will remind people and keep the true spirit of Christmas alive. So you're not wringing your hands about the commercialism of Christmas mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, the people talking about reindeer and, you know, snowstorms. 
but you you are making deliberate efforts to remind yourself and your family of what this means. You know, it, it, look, I, as you know, Pete, we've talked so many times. I live in New Orleans where mm-hmm. traditions are so important. And I know in the middle of December, there'll be caroling in Jackson Square and young, old uh, the Catholics and Jews and atheists get together. <laughs> we all sing all the old, beautiful Christmas hymns and carols out in the square. And it's a public event. It's a it's a it's a big public event. It, those are important. Those moments of unity and and um, again, you're not giving anything away. You're not seeding anything by taking part in something like that. You're publicly celebrating your belief and the coming of God among us. So, I yes, there are many challenges. Yes, there are attacks. Um, people do petty things where they strike Christmas processions out of schools and christmas pageants mm-hmm. and that happens all the time that should be resisted and uh, we have to make concrete efforts to create alternatives that are better more attractive more interesting and um and 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 stickier if you will so that the public those who don't know look and go wow what's happening over there and why are they so happy mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens most of the time is they look over and go wow what's happening all over there Wow, the gosh, they're unhappy. You know, <laughs> you don't want that. You right. don't want that. You know, you, you've mentioned it multiple times, but one of your stops on the tour is the St. Nicholas Christmas Show in Dallas at the Hilton Anatole, yes. which I'm part of the organization of that event. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it the one Catholic event that the whole family can immerse themselves in Catholic culture and, and somewhat re-Christianize uh, their experience of Christmas, as we've been speaking. You're going to be there. we got Dr. Scott Hahn, Chris Stefanik. What are your thoughts about the show, and what do you plan on bringing to people who attend the event? Well, I'm going to talk about the book, obviously. I mean, if it were up to me, I'd have caroling throughout the whole event all day long. You know we have why? Music. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. People need to have a good time. And and I think uh, too often we get very solemn about everything, mm-hmm. and um, and and we lack joy. We lack fun. You know, Mother Angelica was one of the most hilarious joyous spontaneous fun people i ever met in my whole life and it's part of the reason she was such a dynamo in front of the camera and behind it um she always had that unpredictable hilarious uh joy about her and mm-hmm. it, it it covered everyone who ever came in contact with her so but, but i hope to bring some of that to the show but i hope we see a lot of that as well mm-hmm. um we need to, particularly children, you can't lie. You know, you asked me earlier, what's harder to write for, you know, an adult or a child? Children are much harder because you can't lie to a child. Mm. It's very hard to lie to a child. They yeah. see right through you um, because they're pure. Uh, you know, the kid is the first one to see the emperor has no clothes or, or whether he does, or you know, how nice they look. The, the child is always the first one to figure it out. And I think they need to have inflection points of joy around the holidays and throughout the year to point them back to the things that last and are important. And sometimes we do a bad job of marking those. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to do a better job. So these picture books are my little effort to um, draw everyone back, but particularly kids, to the wonder of Christmas Mm -hmm. and the wonder of God's miracles at this time of year and throughout the year. Mm Mm-hmm. Raymond, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day and spending it with us. Where can people find your book, The Spider Who Saved Christmas? 
Well, you can get it everywhere. You can go to Barnes & Noble. It's on Amazon. Um, you can go to EWTN's catalog, or you can come meet me on the road, and I'll sign a copy for you. Um, but uh, everything is at RaymondArroyo.com on my website. Uh, RaymondArroyo.com has all the dates and the addresses and details, as well as where you can get the book. Fantastic. Well, that's all we have time for today, Raymond. I want to thank you again for uh, taking the time and spending with us. Any closing thoughts? Thank you, Pete. Well, j- just, that, just that it's important for all of us to do our part to um, mark these holidays. I mean, Christmas is coming, and I think the anticipation, you know, I used to love the Advent calendars. We still do them with our with our, our children, mm-hmm. even though they're now teens. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Advent calendars are a lot of fun. And creating your own family traditions around around the faith, around the holidays. You know, in New Orleans, we have these Revion dinners where you fast all, you know, Christmas, uh, the day before Christmas, the 24th. You fast that whole day. And you're cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking. You go to my midnight mass, and when you come home, you have a blowout. That's called a Revion dinner. Hmm. And it's an old French tradition. Um, but it's and a Revion means the lights come on. The revelation begins. Um, and, and, and it's just a wonderful way to usher in the beginning. And, and people think that's the end of the Christmas season. No, no. It's the beginning of the Christmas season. And then you celebrate all the days of Christmas. And then for us... We roll right over on the 12th night, the, the Epiphany. We roll straight into the carnival season. So th- there's a double, you know, <laughs> we, we get a double dose of celebrating here. But everybody should try to support those traditions and, and memories and moments in their own lives. Your days will be richer for it. Children, those are the things they'll remember. With that, you've been listening to Off the Shelf here on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Pete Sox, the Catholic Book Blogger. Until next time, God bless.